Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd Out Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. That's DB. I'm Ravi. We are joined now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline by Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, what's going on? Uh, not much. Happy Monday morning. Good to see you. Good to not see you. Good to talk to you, <laughs> Sam. Uh, yeah. We'll see each other eventually. Yeah, I, it's com- coming up here pretty soon. I, this is crazy because it's kind of out of nowhere but not nowhere because everybody asked during recruiting for probably two months. And I never – I didn't say much because – primarily because I didn't know much in terms <laughs> of it confirmation. What was your level of surprise about Phil Sim- Simpson leaving Nebraska? Well, um, so we, I think we reported it like on signing day as part of just a little note. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But we knew we knew a week before that. Not not that surprised because I I'm, I I imagine that a coach like that would really love to have an opportunity uh, closer to closer to where they coach. So that doesn't surprise me that much. Like those those things happen. Um, now sometimes they usually leave for like full time assistant roles. But it's not uncommon, I think, for somebody who's like, hey, I have an opportunity to uh, recruit the kids that I love, and he loves the kids down there, mm-hmm. to a school that's, that's close. You know? and, and so he can go there more often. He can, he can be closer to the people that he, he, you know, he grew up with and, and all the rest. So that's pretty common. Um, it's, 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 an un, it's a loss. Yeah, it was fairly, it was fairly quiet for as much as yeah. people speculated during the recruiting cycle for as good a person as he was on that staff, I think. Yes, it was. It was quiet. Um, again, like we, we knew about it and I think we put it on February 7th. We, we put it in the note that he had, that he had left uh, for some role somewhere else. And again, that, that, that that's just going to happen. That's yeah, one of yeah. the, I don't know if I, if it's a disadvantage, but it's part of what happens at Nebraska is that um, assistance, who want to get to a place where they can recruit, but they, it's not that you can't recruit kids in Nebraska. You can. The problem is that you got to travel a long way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you can get closer to home and travel less, then that's, that's a, that's a nice, that's an ease of uh, a burden on a, on a staff member. Well, it's just an easier sell for him too, right? If he's recruiting Florida kids to Florida state, that's a lot. That's an easier sales pitch than recruiting Florida kids to Nebraska, right? It is, you know, um, in my experience, there are kids there, so it's kind of like concentric circles. There are kids in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo card, let's go. 
There are kid there are kids in Miami that want to stay at Miami, and if and, and if at all possible, they want to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. Then there's kids who want to kind of leave Miami, but they want to stay in Florida, and there's like 38 schools you can go to. And then there's kids who really want to get out of the state of Florida. They mm-hmm. want to leave Miami. They want to leave Florida. And Nebraska really benefited from this in the 90s in California. So there were players who, you know, just guys that just wanted to get out mm. and get all the way away from where they grew up. And Nebraska got a lot of those players and, and got really, really good players. And so um, there's that, that's some of what Nebraska can do is, you know, like Lamar Jackson goes to Louisville. Teddy Bridgewater goes to Louisville. They're both from basically the same part, Miami. Those those guys just didn't want to – well, Lamar Jackson, I think, got paid. But they didn't want to go to Miami. So they end up, you know, helping Louisville win a bunch of games. And that, that's that's common. Um, uh, you, you've got to find the kids who, who really just want to leave Miami altogether. And Nebraska's been able to find some of those. We're talking with Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Sam, I want to talk to you about the column uh, with the about the sit-down that Tom Chattel had with Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a, a really interesting read, and it kind of, maybe I liked it because it sort of, I think, confirmed one of the, the things I'd been thinking, you know, how I love a confirmation bias. But um, I, I, it felt like the sort of essence of Tom's, a conversation with Matt Rule came down to, you know, not to steal a term from Coach Rule here, but that one of us. Matt Rule feels like one of us, even though he wasn't born here. Is that, I mean, is that what you took away from it as well? Well, Tom, Tom's, you know, the thing I always say about Tom is he gets people to say things that they don't say to anybody else, and mm-hmm. that's part of what makes him him. And so you can always read something that Tom has when he talks to a coach, whether it's John Cook or Greg McDermott or now Matt Rule, where Matt Rule wouldn't have said that. So the things that, that Rule says to Tom, he probably isn't going to say to other people. It's just a gift that Tom has. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's illuminating things in it, right, about about just the way that he kind of goes about his, his life and, and and lives, lives here. Uh, I do think that he uh, fits this place pretty well. I think he, you know, he's a relational guy. I think Matt Rule can fit just about anywhere. Um, I think he spends time really thinking about how he can make relationships and connections, and and he's moved around enough, I think, as a kid to be initiate a coach that, that, that's unabashed about having having kids and, and going out and doing stuff and, and, you know, being a part of the community. I think... Uh, Nebraska had other other coaches who were like that. Mike Riley was like that. People he just didn't have any kids to go storm a court with. So, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's nice to to have that. And I you know, and I think Rule's sincere about that. And anybody who loves food is always going to endear a sports writer. And Matt Rule really actually has like a love and a passion for one hundred percent wine and all that. Yeah. So, you know, sports writers like that. So yeah, he. He endears himself pretty pretty successfully to the to the rest. So so far, and and we'll see. And and uh, you know, just talking to him as much as I have about mm-hmm. a multitude of things, he seems to have. Now it's just year one, so knock on my head here, Wood. The the balance between understanding the media and what's said. And what's out there, but so far it doesn't. 
it doesn't sway the essence of who he is. He's so authentic and secure that he can get a vibe with what the pulse is, and he, it doesn't phase him, right? And sometimes right. he'll even talk to you guys about it in a presser, and it's like, oh, he's paying attention, <laughs> but he, but it does, it doesn't, it hasn't compromised him yet. Do you know what I mean? It, it usually eats at other people over time, and it's it sways the way that they normally would carry themselves. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think that he has a, you know, I think he has a personality that can manage it pretty well. Uh, I think he also understands that to be the, uh, to be the head coach at Nebraska is, is to have a, an intense amount of interest around you and to have an intense amount of interest around the program and the players. And to also know that, like, there's only so many hours in the day where he can get that message out himself uh, separate of us. And so, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he's going he's gonna use the he's going to use the collected media, and there's a lot of us, to, to talk not only to his team, but also on some occasions to deliver a message uh, about his team. There's been a couple of times where I thought, you know, after the Michigan game, there were some things he felt like uh, – you know, three days later, or however many days later it was, I think there were some things he felt like he had to say about the about the Michigan game that that maybe didn't come out right away, or or or, or, or things like, "Hey, this is kind of what you get with me," <laughs> right? right? I mean, yeah, it's like, whoa, he's been sitting on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and he's good. I mean, he's disarming in that way, uh, you know, and and it, he does his job really well in that regard. Uh, as it related to the way that Nebraska's offense played last year, the media probably should have done a little bit better job. That, that, that was a historically bad offense. And I do think that they've taken steps to remedy that. I, I do. But, um, you know, you got, you got to find a way to land in the plane, you know, in the last four games. And against Wisconsin, they played pretty well. I, again, that's one of the best games they played all year. So it's too bad that Wisconsin played pretty well that day, too. And Wisconsin ended the season on, I don't know what it was, three or four game winning streak and, and actually found its, its sea legs by the end of the year. Wisconsin was playing pretty good football. Um, but the other three games, Nebraska did not. They just didn't put their best foot forward. And, and uh, the quarterback play last year was really bad. We identified that early against Colorado. We said they're going to have to fix this. They, they, they never really fixed it. They, they went to the option for a couple of games, and that took a few teams off guard. But uh, they really have to fix that quarterback play this year and you know if they do they have a chance to have a really nice season i think matt rule knows that and i think that's part of the urgency that's involved with this with this program sam i want to switch gears here on you and go over to nebraska men's basketball for a second um they obviously got the win against penn state continue to serve a holding serve at home uh, any takeaways from that Penn State game? I thought they did a nice job of not allowing Penn State to get them out of their game, especially in the second half there. And I guess what are you looking for in in the next couple of games as they, they try and finally get that first conference road win? They play Indiana this uh, this week. Boy, did you, did you watch their week. act this weekend? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost to Northwestern, yeah. I... Sam, like, I, <laughs> they might get Woodson fired. 
if Nebraska beats him, they and might he's get not fine. saying a lot of the. That's kind of what I was gonna say. I don't know how much you. I like coaches pressers, right? And I was hoping yeah. he would. I was hoping he would explain those atrocious uniforms that they were wearing. But outside of that, it's like for a guy that understands that program. He just kind of says whatever he wants to about the direction that basketball program is going. Right. Do you yeah, kind of get that? He's either oh, super yeah. secure or really indifferent. <laughs> I think he's secure. I, 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 I don't. I, I think if Indiana wants to make a change there, uh, he, he, he'd be like, well, you know, this, this is amateur hour. And it would be. It would be amateur hour if they were like, it, 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 it just. It would not be amateur hour if Michigan replaces Juwan Howard. Clear, clearly, there there are things there that are it's not going well. Well, as as it, a Laker fan, he could take Hood Shafino back. That's for sure. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in Indiana, in Indiana, I, I just I would say that uh, you know Woodson, he shouldn't be going anywhere, but. But they'll do what they'll do what they do, and and yeah, I think I think Nebraska's got a great chance of going there and winning. I think Nebraska's got a great chance of beating Ohio State. They just played their one game. Ohio State did. Now, what's interesting about Ohio State is they've got they've got good players. Yeah, they're like, capable. Better players than Nebraska. They do, and so, but you know, this is Jamison Battle does this everywhere he goes. Like he's a confounding. He didn't really make Minnesota better. Minnesota's better without him, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but. But they are, and and Ohio State has not been as good, um, you know, as they probably could have been. And you wonder if that has something to do with battle or something else. You just don't really know. Uh, but they've got a chance to win a couple games down the stretch here. Um, you know, it, Indiana to me over the last however many years, and Dirk I think put something out about they've been to the Sweet Sixteen seven years, whatever. Indiana, aside from uh, you know Trace, who was there for four years. They're not very big, and they're not very – they're not, like, super athletic. Um, they don't they don't just jump off the screen at you, and you, you can beat them. There's mm. just no other way to put it. You can beat that team because they're not – they're just not uh, – they're not what you think an elite basketball program should look like mm. in terms of their, their speed and their height and whatever. Same time, they almost beat Kansas earlier this year at home, and so they, they can put it together. On the right day, and you know Nebraska's going to have to play really well to win. And a lot of these teams are not doing that on the road. Northwestern is. Northwestern got a huge win over Indiana, and that that win will that win pretty much puts them in the puts them in the tournament. Helps so, Nebraska North- too. Don't think I wasn't on the Northwestern and <laughs> Minnesota watch this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, those teams are battling. They're they're battling for. Uh, those two teams are battling for an NCAA tournament spot. If Indiana had won yesterday and had won beating Nebraska, they would have played themselves back onto the bubble, and then they probably would have had to win out. But they're probably headed for the NIT at best. And, you know, Mike Woodson, I like him. I, I just think he needs to recruit better players. And in the portal era, that's hard to do. You, you have to go recruit portal kids. You can't, you can't develop kids at 18 years old. You have to go get the portal kids. And uh, and they got one, and where he's a good player, but they, you got to get about four of them, and that's where Fred Hoiberg 
his long experience in doing this has helped Nebraska. They've gotten pretty good portal guys over the last two years. Does it seem like Michigan State's won 11 out of their last 13 or whatever it is? Um, well, they lost a game that, that I thought they would, were going to win, but, but otherwise, yes. Um, yeah, they beat Illinois. Uh, they have a lot of talent. So they started the year preseason top five for a reason. And and they're finding they're finding their they're finding their stride. And last year they were you know two buckets away from going to the elite eight. Won't surprise me if they're in the elite eight again. Oh, Tyson Walker can be a handful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a good. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good scorer. Uh, they have they have guys that are really inconsistent, but when they play well, they're you know they're good. And the thing about Michigan State that has not changed, and this is a little bit like Creighton, is you can, they will take the ball literally out of the basket and score in five seconds on yeah. That they have the ability to do that, and they've coached, they've trained that way. And Creighton has the same ability. I mean, when made baskets make Creighton play sometimes faster than missed baskets. Hmm. And, and when you're playing teams like that, it, it can be hard to break away from them, and that's why you know, I like Creighton and Michigan State both in the NCAA tournament when they get there. Sam, where's your level of comfort or I guess discomfort uh, with Nebraska making the NCAA tournament if they aren't able to no road game. Uh, Power conference teams that won zero conference road games and made the NCAA tournament since they expanded to 68. you got to win at least one. So there's, there's, there's considerable evidence that if you, don't, if you don't win at least one, the chances are slim of you getting in. Now, uh, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're 18 and eight right now. Is that their record? Yes. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. So, so if they if they win the rest of their home games, I think that's I think that's two or three home games. Uh, they would get to 20, mm-hmm. and then they would if they lose all three road games, they're at 20 and 11. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough. I I think if they had beaten Northwestern, then 20 would be enough. But they didn't, and so now um, I think they've got to get to, to 21 at least. And I think most of the people around here would say 22 because there's a built-in fear around Nebraska basketball that what happened to Tim Miles however many years ago um, will happen to Fred Hoiberg. And you got to understand, and I don't say this rudely, uh, there are people here who miss Tim Miles more than they like Fred Hoiberg. So, so Sam, there, me... there's diehard fans that feel that way, and so they're always mad. So they're always like, it's almost like, well, if they make it with 22 wins, then Tim Miles should have done it. I'm like, yeah, I don't care about that. You know, whatever. <laughs> so here, so here's the thing, and let me give it some context, right? That's one of one of those I, when I said, ah, oh, you know, people keep saying it. I think it has much more to do with, and I get the empirical data. I do about you'd be bucking a trend. I think, and I said this last week, it would be more about a bad loss than it would be not winning on the road because at mm. Michigan is a bad loss. Mm. Nebraska, yeah. would be, Nebraska currently doesn't have any bad losses. That's what I think mm-hmm. it is. So I, I think the con, it, it, it needs some context, especially in a year where top 25 teams have struggled on the road to begin with. I think the committee is weary of that. They understand that. It has more to do with how you would view losing in Ann Arbor 
than it being in Ann Arbor because Michigan is not a good basketball team, but they do have a different roster at home. So uh, that's what I think it is. I think it's the perception of who they're playing because they'll probably be favored from here on out, with the exception of maybe Ohio State. Right. I'd be surprised if they're favored on Wednesday against Indiana, to be honest with you. But um, Really? We'll see. We'll see. You just, yeah, you I, just I watched Indiana, yeah. Sam. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I'd be surprised. I guess we'll find out. Hey, um, watch, and then you'll, yeah, be, I, you'll be right. I'll, get, I'll read your message, and you'll be like, see? We'll see. And I'll be like, that damn Sam. <laughs> if, they get to, if they get to 21, then, then, they've, then they've done it. Um, I think they're in. Now, one more thing. Um, Minnesota's not a good matchup for Nebraska. Oh, I know it. They, they weren't. They weren't last year, and they're not now. I like their coach. I, I still. I'm curious how they're going to use Garcia though, because when he got in foul, like there are some things about Garcia's game that is an advantage for Nebraska, even though he's a really good player. He he sometimes right. he seems disinterested. <laughs> That's a nice well, way to put he it. He can do a lot. Of, he can do a lot of things, and so like last year. When they played Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament, Nebraska really needed a win. They couldn't stop Garcia to save their life. Yeah. I mean, he took Wilhelm Breidenbach into the spin cycle, you know, three or four times in a row. It's now, more Breidenbach's on the it's on the, the defensive end where I think Nebraska right. can can right. do work. Right, and and Jawan Gary was hurt, and so you know Dawson Garcia got to go to work on Jawan, you know, on Breidenbach instead of Gary. But they're not a great matchup. They have a lot of good athletes. Uh, they, they play pretty hard. If they make shots, they're a hard team for Nebraska to beat. So, you know, that's the other game that you – and if you're looking at the women's side, that's the same deal. Minnesota is a bad matchup for Nebraska. Like those two teams, uh, those two matchups, Minnesota's favored in, in both of those. And, and so we'll see. We'll see. Nebraska's got to find a way to lose a game along the way if you can beat Indiana and Michigan on the road. That'd be that. Sam, I'm gonna light a I'm gonna light a match here and then run away as we've got about 90 seconds left with you. So we were having a conversation with another Bears fan on Friday, and somehow we got on the topic of Walter Payton. Oh Lord! And so I'm just are are you gonna die on the hill of Walter Payton being the best running back of all time? Because our other guy was. He's not though. That he's the best running back of all time? Yeah. Yes. Is that a hill you will die on as a Bears fan? No. Okay. No. Okay. Thank See, thank you. No. Where, no, where no, no. is he Jim, on the Jim list? Brown is, Jim, Jim Brown is the best football player of all time, and he's the best running back of all time as a, as a as proxy of that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. That's opinion, so I, can't, I wouldn't fight <laughs> you over that. I'm just – and I'm not glad that you said that about Peyton, but I just think – Peyton was such a good guy in a city that he is connected with that shares his same temperament of work ethic that it has grown the lore. But there's a couple of other running backs. Like if I had to just go play a couple of games, mm-hmm. at least a handful that I would take. Who, like Barry Sanders? Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, but Jim Brown's the best player of all time. That's not like you're not arguing that. Uh, you could argue Jerry Rice or Lawrence Taylor. Those are your three. The only the only way I would argue Jim Brown is if he would have played against more people like him. Mm. He was such a one-off. It's hard for me to quantify. So he's like, well, I'm not holding that against him, but it's in my head. Does that make sense? 
Well, that's like saying Wilt Wilt Chamberlain is in the top ten player because he was too tall. No, I didn't say he wasn't top ten. Wilt is top ten, but I also didn't say Jim Brown wasn't top ten. You said he was the best. I would not, in the same vein, say Wilt was the best. I don't. I don't think Wilt's the best, but I think Wilt's like top three or four. Um, and it's not his fault that there weren't, <laughs> there wasn't anybody as athletic as he was. Come on, Mike. <laughs> like I said, I said, if you want to say Jerry Rice or Lawrence Taylor, those are fine. I put the quarterbacks in a separate conversation. They do a different thing. And so they don't, they're not part of that. Like the quarterbacks are over here because you can't hurt them the same way you could hurt um, a running back or a receiver. Um, unless you want to go all the way back to autogram and all that stuff, we don't need to do that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> as the best football player, I think Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor, I think those are your three available options. Mm. If you want to say Barry Sanders, that's fine, but I, I don't think anybody would want to tackle Jim, Jim Brown versus Barry Sanders. Yeah. That's Sam McEwen from Millmall World Herald. Sam, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for letting me go sideways on you at the end there, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. All right, take care. Thanks, Sam. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.